So how was your day, man? Uh, it was okay. You know, it's hard for me to talk about work. <laughs> so well, the only time I ever want to talk about work is with a beer in my hand. <laughs> Welcome to Bible and a Beer. I'm your host. <laughs> my name is Dude. 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 Yes. So I'm going to go get my beer. Oh, all right. I guess I have to get another beer. Well, oh, well, my co-host is Martin. Martin? Yeah. Marty, for sure. Marty. So what's this whole podcast about? Well, we love two things uh, we thought we could make a podcast out of. And that is, um, we met each other in college, and we started studying the Bible together. Uh, that was a long time ago. Then we discovered that we actually also like beer, happy hours, and bars. So <laughs> the podcast came together. That was a big hurdle. We thought, hey. Bible and beer. That's our friendship in a nutshell. So let's let's do it. Let's do it. And you know, it really it really does start with just our friendship. I remember vividly uh, when I first met you in a, in that class, and you just you were just so out of place. We lived in a very small town, uh, but we grew up in a very big town. And uh, I remember asking because of the way you dressed. I said, "You're not from around here, are you?" And kind of a weird thing to say, and I was hoping you didn't think I was like asking uh, for you to be my boyfriend or something. But dude, I understand. It's okay. You were a sharp dressed man. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, look, man, I'm from the big city, and he goes, "Oh, I'm from the same city." Oh, well, that makes a whole lot of sense now. Uh, if you could see me now. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've been friends ever since college, so that's pretty cool. So we're gonna start. We're gonna start with the life of Christ, right? Sounds good. So uh, Matthew one, but we're gonna go ahead and run through chapter one fairly quickly. I, I think it's a interesting how Matthew decided to record the lineage of Christ. But first, I want to introduce my beer. This, we, we introduce each other's uh, friendship and how um, I had the privilege of uh, convincing you that you were a heathen and should be baptized. Hmm. Yeah. Nothing Remember strange. those days? No. <laughs> I don't want to disappoint you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and uh, since we've already introduced that, we should introduce what we're drinking for this uh, <laughs> lovely chapter. <laughs> What do, you, what do you got going on over there? Well, today, since we're starting off and it is a little late, and uh, I thought I'd go gluten-free. Holy and, cow. I, uh, I grabbed a hard apple cider out of my selection. It's semi-dry, so it's not, you know, it's not over-the-top sweet. All right, Martin, you health addict. Yeah, so I got uh, Right B Cider, semi-dry. First time having it. 
Not bad. I just noticed it's got some organic stevia, so they've sweetened it up. But it's a Chicago, Chicago hard cider. Nice. So my favorite cider is is Strongbow. So in comparison, is it better, same, less? Um, you know, I think that I had a bad experience last time I had Strongbow, so I can't say for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got Rush from Rush River Brewing, a pale ale. Hmm. Not an India pale ale, just a pale ale. And it's also unfiltered. I, I assume they keep it refrigerated even in transit, right? Because if it's unfiltered, it's going gonna, it's gonna to skunk right away. So We would, we would hope. Uh, ever heard of that term skunk? Yes. <laughs> Have you heard of Heineken? <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, now. <laughs> no, no. I we, used to love Heineken back in the day. Yeah. But you, you can skunk that pretty quickly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One day I just said, God almighty, why do I drink this? Because <laughs> you're a heathen, Martin. How mm -hmm. many times do I have to tell you that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Rush River, a pale ale. My first sip. I've never had this. So, so far, I wonder how many people we've turned on to the Bible. <laughs> Brotherhood is, is something that has to be built. And the Bible is one of the foundations of that. And right next to the Bible is beer. <laughs> At least in our case. Yeah, that's true. But the, the Rush River, it's, it's a little hoppy. And you know, I'm not into hoppy. Mm -hmm. But this one is not so hoppy that I wouldn't drink the rest of it. Well, that's good. It's good. So why don't you read Matthew 1. I just want you to read fairly quickly the descendants. Oh, man. Yeah, and then and then I'm gonna stop you at a certain certain places, and ask you to repeat that descendant, and then we'll we'll talk about quickly the the meaning, or why that might be a little sticky to some people. I think the people are gonna turn this podcast off just when they hear me try to pronounce these names. Oh, I, I <laughs> dude, I was once a, a teen minister, and the teens laughed. Every single time I bumped into these names, like, are, do you know what you're doing? I'm like, no, but I'm going to let the spirit guide me. So I'm going to tell you the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm starting Matthew 1, verse 1. This is the list of ancestors of Jesus Christ, a descendant of David, who was a descendant of Abraham. From Abraham, King David, the following ancestors are listed. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, and his brothers. Then Perez and Zerah, their mother was Tamar. Who was that? Tamar. Oh, okay. Hezron, Ram, Aminadab, <laughs> Nashan, Solomon, uh, Boaz, his mother was Rahab. Who was that? Rahab. Rahab, all right. <laughs> Obed, his mother was Ruth Jesse and King David 
From David to the time when the people of Israel were taken into exile in Babylon, the following ancestors are listed. David, Solomon, his mother was the woman who had been Uriah's wife. Who was that? Uh, Uriah's wife. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, And then Rehobam, Abijah, Asa. Yeah, just go all the way down to verse 17. Okay, we'll skip those. I'm going down to verse 17. (laughs) So then, there were 14 generations from Abraham to David, and 14 from David to the exile of Babylon, and 14 from then to the birth of the Messiah. Wow, that's a lot of people. Yeah. You know, if I was to tell you my ancestry, there was um, people that were a little bit more edgy. I might have left them out just so I could look better. That's the kind of family you had. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, evidently, when, when Matthew was writing this, he didn't have ancestry issues because of Tamar. He actually mentions it. He, did, he could have said Father Perez and Zara, but he says their mother was Tamar. And Tamar is an interesting character. She was written uh, in the Old Testament as um, having an evil husband. And so, you know, God killed them. And as is written in Mosaic law, you're supposed to have the brother, the brother of the dead husband, marry the wife if there was no children. And that one was so evil that the Bible actually said he would, before insemination, I don't know if I can say that with a straight face, dude. <laughs> dude, he would he would skedaddle, and so she could never get pregnant, right? And uh, but he was so evil in God in God's eyes, uh, God killed him too. So, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow, now, now. So I just wanted to explain Tamar a little bit. It's an interesting story to say the least. And it gives kind of a clue why Joseph maybe was so forgiving uh, to Mary. So let's start with Genesis 38 verse um, 5. Then she had a third son and named him Sheila. When Sheila was born, they were living in Kazib. This is about Judah. So Judah chose a girl named Tamar to be the wife of his first son, Er. But Er lived in a way that made the Lord very unhappy with him. So the Lord caused him to die. Then Judah said to Er's brother Onan, Go and sleep with your dead brother's wife. Become like a husband to her. If children are born, if children are born, they will belong to you. If children become like a husband to her, if children are born, they will belong to your brother Er. So I just want to stop right here. That would mean that every child that Onan had would inherit heirs' rightful um, inheritance. So 
Then Judah said to Er's brother Onan, Go and sleep with your dead brother's wife. Become like a husband to her. If children are born, they will belong to your brother Er. So, pause here. Er is already dead, but he does have inheritance coming. If his, his widow has a child through the brother, Er. Think about that for a second. So, Er would lose money every time this woman has a child. Because that woman would still be in the line of Er. And with that thought, we go to verse 9. Onan knew that the children would not belong to him, so when he had sex with Tamar, he pulled away before he finished. By doing this, he kept Tamar from getting pregnant and having a child for his brother. This made the Lord very unhappy with Onan, so he caused him to die too. Uh, it goes on, and I, I say you should read it. It's a very interesting story about how Judah then promises the last one, Shelah, He's still young, so when Shelah grows up, he'll be betrothed to her, Tamar. Of course, that doesn't happen. And if you go down to verse 14, she knew that Judah's younger son, Shelah, was a grown man by now, but Judah had not yet made plans for her to marry him. So she went and sat outside the town of Enam, which is on the road to Timnah. This is uh, in parentheses here. I'm going to explain to you. This is to intercept Judah. She did not want Judah to know who she was, so she did not wear the usual clothes that showed that she was a widow, and she covered her face with a veil. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute since her face was covered with a veil. So he went over and asked her to have sex with him. He did not know she was Tamar, his daughter-in-law. She said, how much will you give me? Judah answered, I will send you a young goat from my flock. And so they, I'll set sidestep here, they went ahead and did this deal and she wanted something to hold on to so that he would then deliver the goat um, after they had sex. So he promised that he would give a seal, its cord and, a, and, and the walking stick of the house of Judah. So she got that after the encounter and she got pregnant, which she was planning. And then when Tamar went home, she took off the veil that covered her face and put on the clothes. That showed she was a widow. But not only that she was a widow, so this is me talking again, not only because she was a widow, but she was a widow with uh, basically tied to another man when he became of age. So she couldn't even marry on her own. Her, on her own. And uh, you drop down to verse 24. In a nutshell, she disappeared and the goat couldn't be delivered to her. And then about three months later, someone told you that your daughter-in-law Tamar is guilty of sinning like a prostitute and now she is pregnant. Judah said that she should be taken out and burned to death. The men went to get Tamar and kill her, but she sent someone to her father-in-law with the things she had given her to keep and with his message. The man who made me pregnant is the one who owns these things. Look at the seal and cord and this walking stick. Who do these belong to? Judah recognized the things and said she was right to do what she did because I was wrong. I did not give her my son Shelah as I promised. And Judah did not have sex with her again. 
So, he acknowledged that she was right. But wow, what a way to get around the system. To get around Judah and his inability to see that it was his two sons that were sinful. And not Tamar. In fact, Tamar was watched by God and liked by God, probably because he knew this is going to be someday the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus Christ. Now, dude, remind me why we went to Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus didn't have anything to hide. Um, And then we talked about Rahab, right? She was a prostitute as well, just letting you know. She was just saying that, you know, there was a lot of issues with tainted um, ancestry. And Matthew was like, you know, I don't care. I'm just going to tell you how it is. And it's good because, you know, as an outsider, though, not a Jew. And she said, look, I really want to worship your God, the one and only. And the Jews that were coming from Egypt uh, said, uh, well, okay. And she was also on the line of Jesus. And of course, you have Uriah's wife who was bathing naked in front of the king. I guess I shouldn't make judgment calls. (laughs) (laughs) If I bathed naked in front of the king, he'd shoot me. (laughs) (laughs) So I believe she knew what she was doing. Just a guess. So, but. So now that you got us down this deep rabbit hole back into the Old Testament. (laughs) So. The ancestors that we listed here, they are of Joseph's line. Is that correct? They're not including Mary? Yeah. Yeah, this is Joseph's line. Mary was also the line of David, but this is Joseph's line. It's split after David. And then... So it's just an interesting concept to think of a line of Jesus, right? If... Jesus was of immaculate conception. He Joseph really had nothing to do with it. It was more Mary than anybody and God. That is true. Yes. Just interesting. Ah. <laughs> but yet we trusted Joseph to raise this baby boy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yep, yep. It's just uh, I guess it's just another testament to how, you know, amazing God's plan is aside from all of the things of man. Yeah, to make things happen. But she, you know, you're right in verse 18. Mm-hmm. Um but before they married, he learned that she was expecting a baby. She was pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mary's husband Joseph was a good man. He did not want to cause her public disgrace. So he planned to divorce her secretly. Wow. Mm-hmm. If there's something he did learn from his ancestry is that you can't judge so harshly women based on even what you know. I just wanted to pause here and remind you that Judah wanted to kill Tamar, actually burn her alive because of getting pregnant out of wedlock. Remember, this is Joseph's line 
This is somewhere his his grandmother was explained in the Bible that she was innocent in the eyes of God. So Joseph had a great heart, and that's why he made the perfect husband for Mary. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good man. And then, of course, he was visited by an angel. And we all we go all the way down to um, she will give birth to a son in verse 21. You will name him Jesus. Give him that name because he will save his people from their sins. So he's already got a mission. Save the people from their sins. Excuse me while I drink a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Save them from their sins. Uh, It's pretty good beer, though. I I like the fact that it's not filtered. Anyways, back to the Bible. He'd have to convince them first that they were of sin or in sin. Yeah, that is that is one of the problems of the world, right? <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah, just going back to yeah, Joseph doing the right thing. You know, how many men have done the right thing? I guess. Um, I, I know I'm one of those guys uh, having a daughter so young. Um, not really intending to get married, but uh, thought I better do the right thing and marry the mother of my daughter. Didn't work out. <laughs> but I did that. Wow. That's a topic in itself. Yes. You know, the, the, the version of what the right thing is differs from person to person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, and your daughter is amazing. Obviously, she's a nurse, takes care of children. I mean, please. Right now, my daughter is only 10, and, you know, I'm not quite sure where she's headed. She's a great girl. But if she could save lives, I'd be very happy, like mm-hmm. your daughter. Yeah, believe me, I didn't see this when she was 10 years old. So <laughs> don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. The mother moved on, left the baby with you. Mm-hmm. And, and and you did the, the noble thing. On that particular case, the noble thing of taking on your daughter and raising her in an environment that she can grow safely without fear of bullets or gang reprisals, that that is noble. Marrying her mother? <laughs> There's maybe three different answers on that one. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> And then in verse 24, of course, after being visited by the angel, when Joseph woke up, he did what the Lord's angel had told him to do. He married Mary. Now, if you told me an angel went to visit you to marry your wife, Martin, I uh, I would say you were noble. Nah, I don't think that was the case. Might have been a shotgun <laughs> and a baseball bat. <laughs> and then Verse 25, but Joseph did not have sex with her until her son was born, and he named him Jesus. Mm. This is interesting in the sense of the author, Matthew, really had a different opinion on what would be termed blue blood. And I, and I thought that was very interesting mm-hmm. because these people were loved by God. Regardless of 
how their situation made them into something that might not be in good light when people like us read it, especially when we're two bottles. And but <laughs> kudos to them for loving God, and kudos to Jesus for accepting the fact that even though he's perfect, his lineage was just normal people mm-hmm. with faults. Yes, which is evident to say there's got to be a whole lot of grace involved. Yes. <laughs> it's one of my favorite words of all time. Grace. Grace and mercy. So you like your beer, huh? Or no, you like your apple My hard apple cider, cider, yeah. Well, you know, it's a good nighttime drink, I think. Um, yeah, not bad. I think next time if we start a little earlier, I'll have a, a regular beer. So why is a beer not a nightcapper, like wine or? Oh, are you saying for me and personally, or why why I choose not to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think it's just mainly for the uh, gluten tends to make more sugar in your body, and sugar raises your insulin, and at nighttime that's not a good thing because you're just resting, <laughs> you're not burning it off. This is why I have a beer belly and you don't. That's what, that's what you're saying, right? Well, I won't say that. Dude! <laughs> Dude! I thought we were bros! <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I really did enjoy the Rush River uh, out of five stars. I'll give it three because, I, I, you know, there's another Indian Pale Ale or Pale Ale that I like. I, I'll, I'll have it one time soon. Then I'll give a five. Actually, there's two of them, but this one it's a three. It's it's doable. Yeah, nice. How about yours, a, a five star or? Yeah, I wouldn't say a five star. I give it a four. You know, I I didn't care for the idea that it had sweetener added, even though it was a good sweetener stevia. You know, when I saw, you know, I think it was semi dry. That was expecting more of a more tart. Uh, cider uh, and a sweet cider. So, all right. Well, let's close out in prayer, and 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 you know, pray that God forgives us for any jokes we might have insulted people with. So. <laughs> yes. Jesus, Father, thank you so much for uh, my friendship. It's been a long time, and we share so much. I also pray, Father, for Martin and uh, his life, uh, that he's able to um, take care of his family. I know he's he's done more than I've ever done when it comes to taking care of uh, parents, which is another story in itself. <laughs> but uh, I thank you for everything, including just knowing him and having him in my life. Uh, and all this I pray in your holy name. Amen. Amen.